You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek podcast, recorded live each Sunday at St. John's Anglican Church, Diamond Creek. This episode presented by Student Minister Sam Oldland. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that when uh, we hear the Bible read, we're hearing your words, and thank you that your words are true. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to hear your truth and understand it tonight. Amen. I've got uh, some family who live in New South Wales, and they live at the beach. So my wife, Ronnie, and I, we try to get up there most summers and spend some time with them at the beach. And a couple of years ago, we were up there, and we wanted to go for a swim. No one else was keen, so Ronnie and I went on our own to have a swim. Uh, and we were swimming at this spot where a river reaches the ocean, so there's this huge, big kind of expanse of water as the river widens out and reaches the ocean. And we're swimming, and, and as we're hanging out there, we see these huge storm clouds come rolling over the horizon, and within a few minutes, there's a, a full-on thunderstorm happening over us. And Ronnie kind of freaks out a bit, and she says to me, um, Sam, we've got to get out of the water. If, if lightning strikes, we're going to be electrocuted. Now, to me, I thought, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, that's an old wives' tale or something. That's clearly not going to happen. So I said, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And she said, no, we really need to get out. I said, Ronnie, that's silly, that's not true, let's keep swimming. So we kept swimming. I don't know why she listened to me. Uh, and then, after a while, we got cold, went home, and my, my entire extended family that was there was, was freaking out in the house because we'd been swimming in a lightning storm. Uh, and they who live there know that if you're swimming and lightning hits the water, you're going to be fried. Uh, I, I refused to listen to the truth that Ronnie was telling me. I, I don't know, I just refused to believe it for some reason. I, I thought it was an urban myth or something, and because I refused to listen to the truth, I put us both in serious danger because of it. And, and we do this all the time, right? We refuse to listen to the truth because we're, we're stubborn or we're proud or we think we're smarter or something like that. We don't like being told what's true, right? It's like those disaster movies that come out all the time, right? Which are pretty much always disasters themselves. These movies are terrible. I don't know why they keep making them. But always... In these movies, it seems to me, there's this, there's this kind of um, like nerdy scientist intern kind of character in a lab somewhere who figures out that this huge disaster is going to happen. And so they go and they tell their superiors, but they refuse to listen to the truth. And so they go and try and tell the authorities, and they refuse to listen to the truth. And so this huge disaster happens. These people are always refusing to listen to the truth. Sometimes people listen to the truth, sometimes people reject the truth. And that's, that's what's going on in our passage here from John tonight. It's a passage about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, who testifies to the world. Some people listen to the truth and are rescued from disaster. Some people reject the truth and it leads to disaster. We're in the middle of three weeks thinking about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives in the world. Just like last week, we're in this conversation that Jesus is having with his, his friends, his disciples, soon before he goes to the cross to die. In this conversation, he's, he's promising them that 
after he goes away, he will send the Holy Spirit to be with them. And, and that will be even better than having Jesus with them. So we're going to ask three questions from these verses tonight. We're going to ask, what does it say about who the Holy Spirit is? What does it say about what the Holy Spirit does? And what does it say about how he does it? What does it say about who the Spirit is, about what the Spirit does, and about how he does it? So keep your your Bible open in front of you there if you've got it, or grab one off the pew. The first question, I think the answer is right there in the first verse of the reading, in verse 26. Have a look in your Bible. What is it? What does it call the Spirit? This is you guys have to give me an answer here. There's two kind of names that the, the verse 26 there gives to the Spirit. What are they? Yep, nice. Thanks, Andy. Advocate and Spirit of Truth. These are the two kind of titles that this verse gives to the Holy Spirit. Do you remember last week? Kirk helped us understand what it means for the Spirit to be the advocate. The, the Spirit, he, he, not it, advocates for people to be in right relationship with God and with each other. He, he promotes our cause to God like a political advocate or something like that and he encourages us, teaches us, equips us to live for God. He maintains the the connection, the relationship between God and us. He's a bit like a a refugee advocate, right, who's in their job. They're they're kind of facing in two directions. In in one sense, they're representing a refugee to the society that they're coming into, right? Maybe they're representing them in court, uh, maybe at Centrelink, things like that. But also in their job, they're helping this newly arrived refugee to understand how to live in their new society. So they might be helping them to learn English or how to use public transport or something like that. The the refugee advocate is serving both the refugee and the society that they're coming into. They're working both ways, strengthening that connection. And so our advocate does the same thing. He, He represents us before God and helps us to become who God calls us to be. The Spirit is the advocate and he's the Spirit of truth. He communicates truth. What he speaks is true. Well, if that's what the passage says about who the Spirit is, he's the advocate and he's the Spirit of truth, then what does it say about what he does? What does he do? Well, check out verse 26 again. This verse has got lots of answers for us, I think. He will testify about Jesus. When the advocate comes, whom I, that's, that's Jesus speaking, will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Jesus says he will testify about me. And that... Testify, it's kind of a word that we don't use that much, right? Maybe in a court setting, but not, not much outside that. 
A witness in a court case, they, they testify to what they saw to establish what happened, right? To establish what's true. And the spirit of truth, what does he testify about? About Jesus. Because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. In this same conversation with his friends, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Notice Jesus didn't say, I know the truth. Jesus didn't say, you can find truth through me. He said, I am the truth. If, if you went to, to school or to work tomorrow morning and you asked someone, what is truth? What, what do you think they would say? They'd, first up, they'd probably give you a look like, really, first thing on a Monday morning, can we just drink our coffee and do our work? But then after that, I think, I think they'd probably give you some kind of answer like, uh, truth is what helps us to live a good life, uh, or truth is what um, we feel in our hearts, or maybe they'll say, there isn't really any truth at all. But if you're a Christian, you have a one-word answer to the question. Jesus. What is truth isn't really the right question. Who is truth? That's the right question, and the answer is Jesus. Who Jesus is, God and man, our, our rescuer and our friend, that is truth. Everything Jesus said about himself, about the Father, about what it means to follow him and live life to the full, that is truth. The life that Jesus calls us to, a life of radical love and self-giving, that is truth. The eternal life which is found with Jesus and the eternal death which is found apart from him, that is truth. Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. And so when the Spirit testifies, he testifies about Jesus. The Spirit testifies the good news, the gospel of Jesus, to the whole world. Now, the passage says the same thing again, a bit further down in, in different words. And it's language that at first might make you oh, tense up a bit inside, uh, but it's, I promise it will be okay. Have a look at verse 8. When he, that's the spirit of truth, comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. I read that at first and thought, oh, that feels a bit rude or arrogant or something of the spirit, right? As if the spirit just rolls in saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, I have the truth. It, it kind of feels, I think, a bit like kids arguing with each other, right? I was at Aldi this week, and there was this dad there with his two kids, uh, and they were going at each other, but he was totally ignoring them. He was completely focused on nailing his shopping list. And so these kids are coming along with him, and he and I were doing that thing you do in Aldi where we're kind of trolley hopping around each other all the way around the aisles. So I had to listen to these two kids argue for ages the whole way around Aldi. And they're doing that thing where they're 
they're arguing and getting all worked up and teary over literally nothing. Like, you touched the trolley. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And then suddenly they're both crying. And I'm standing there next to them, and the older sister, she's maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, she goes to her brother, who's a couple of years younger. She, she looks at him and she says, you're a loser. And then she, she turns around and looks at her dad, and her lip starts to go, and her eyes start to tear up, and she says, Dad, he called me a loser. And, then, and so his lip goes, and he starts tearing up. And he says, no, I didn't. And she says, yes, you did. And I you're wrong, no, you're wrong, no, you're wrong. I, maybe that's what the Spirit's like. Maybe the Spirit's arguing, trying to prove the world wrong, but I don't think it's like that, thank goodness. That's not what's going on here, with the Spirit proving the world wrong. Let me, let me read a couple of other verses in the Bible where this same word uh, for prove them to be in the wrong is used. In 2 Timothy it says, Preach the word, be prepared in and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage. Or in Revelation it says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So correct, rebuke, prove to be in the wrong. These are words that the Bible uses to mean changing someone's mind. The Spirit testifies to the world about Jesus to change their minds, to show them the truth, to convict them that they need to change. Not, not proving wrong like children arguing, but persuading, imploring for the good of the world. Like, like my mum desperately trying to persuade my nana pop that Jesus is the truth because she loves them. Or like a parent trying to convince their child away from danger. You might have seen this image before online. That policeman there, his name is Sergeant Kevin Briggs. He's been called the guardian of the Golden Gate Bridge. His job was to talk people down who were trying to throw themselves off the bridge, like this guy here, Kevin Berthier. On, on March 11, 2005, Sergeant Briggs spent over an hour and a half talking Kevin back over the railing, trying to change his mind, convict him of the truth that his life was worth living. Here's what Kevin Berthier remembers. As I jumped over the railings, I heard someone say, hey, wait a minute. I was convinced I was going to end my life. But at the last moment, his voice made me stop and grab the railings. I now know that was Officer Briggs. He snapped me back to reality. He tried to show me the important things in my life, focusing on my daughter. Hope came back. I put my arms up and he helped me up and back over the railings. The, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, he speaks truth to the world to rescue us. He is the one whose words convince us away from death and into life. He is patiently and determinedly pointing us to Jesus as our great and only hope for life now 
and forever. He speaks truth to save us from the lies that we live for, the lies that lead to selfish living and futility and destruction. When we think our own happiness is the most important thing in life, the Spirit convicts us that we're wrong. When we think we're good people, we've lived good lives, I've been good enough for God to accept me, the Spirit convicts me of my sin and my need for rescue. When people think that there is no God, that this world is all that there is, so stuff it, I'll live however I want. The Spirit exposes the lie in my heart and speaks truth to my life. But, guys, here's the, here's the hard bit of the passage. Truth brings some to salvation and some to judgment. Truth brings some to salvation and some to judgment. When the Spirit speaks truth to people, when he testifies about Jesus, some people's hearts see the truth and they're saved. They're brought into freedom and hope and life. But some people are exposed by the truth and their hearts reject it and they're condemned. There's, a, there's an old saying that the same sun which melts the ice, bakes the clay. The same truth of Jesus which the Spirit speaks brings some to salvation and brings some to judgment. Think about, think about what's going on in Hollywood at the moment, right? All these exposures of sexual harassment, sexual assault that started with Harvey Weinstein. Right Now all these powerful men are being exposed for what they've done. The, the truth has brought many women liberation. But what has it brought Weinstein? Judgment, condemnation, punishment. The, the truth, it's like turning on the light in a dark room. Everything that was happening in the darkness is exposed. And when the Spirit shines the light of the gospel on people's lives... Some are saved and some are judged. Sometimes people listen to the spirit of truth, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they still jump off the bridge. As Sergeant Briggs said in an interview that he'd talked many, many people back over that railing over the years, but there's one, just one person that he couldn't convince and he'll never forget that one person who didn't listen to the truth. That's hard, right? If you're here and you're not a Christian, that's confronting. We don't like being told that we're wrong. We hate the idea of God judging people and condemning them. But, guys, the truth is... We're all exposed by the light of truth. It's, it's not like in Hollywood where some people have been wronged and others have done wrong. We've all done wrong. You, me, everyone. 
It might not be as bad as sexual assault, but when the light is turned on, we are all shown up. We all see the imperfections in our hearts and the selfishness in our lives. The the question is, what happens next? When the Spirit convicts your heart, what will you do next? Maybe it's happening right now. Maybe the Spirit is showing you the truth of your need for rescue. The same sun which melts the ice bakes the clay. Will your heart be like ice thawing, melting, softening to the truth? Will your heart be like clay baking hard against the light and the heat of the truth? Don't, don't be like me at the beach. Don't reject the truth and put yourself in danger. Please listen to the spirit of truth. Talk to someone tonight about what's happening in your heart, if that's you. Well, we've got one more question to ask from this passage. We've asked, what does the passage say about who the Spirit is? He's the advocate and the Spirit of truth. What does it say about what he does? He speaks truth. He testifies truth to the world. And what does it say about how he does it? The Spirit testifies truth to the world through believers, through Christians, through followers of Jesus. Jesus says in verse 7 there, I will send him, that's the Spirit, to you. And when the Spirit testifies, verse 27, believers also must testify. Just as the Spirit testifies, so also we must testify. And we don't have to do it on our own strength. The Spirit indwells us, lives inside us to empower us to testify. That, that's the story of these guys that Jesus is speaking to, wasn't it, at Pentecost. They were, they were confused. They didn't know what to do next. And then the Spirit came and indwelt them. It filled them. And suddenly they were preaching fearlessly and persuasively. And the Spirit, he spoke truth to 3,000 people that first day, through the Christians preaching. And that's what he still does. The Spirit still speaks truth to people's hearts through the lives and the words of Christians. The Spirit is still doing this. Sometimes it feels hard to see in our lives, but this is what God does. This is, this is how I became a Christian. The spirit of truth spoke to me through the testimony, the words and the lives of many Christians over many years. My parents taught me that God loves me. My Sunday school teachers taught me the Bible. Worship leaders helped me learn how to worship God. Youth leaders modeled selfless Christ-like living and encouraged me to make my faith my own. Mentors encourage me to keep growing in my faith. The spirit of truth is always at work speaking truth to the world. 
sometimes in remarkable and miraculous ways, and sometimes in just very normal ways. So expect him to be at work testifying truth to the people around you. Pray for it. Expect it. Get amongst it. When you tell someone about your faith, when you get to give someone a Bible, when you live differently to those around you because of your faith in Jesus, when you show grace to your kids to love them like Jesus loves them, you're not doing it on your own. It's not up to you, and thank God. The Spirit is actively at work in you and through you. So, so you don't need to be afraid to take risks. Don't be afraid to speak gospel truth into someone's life. Don't be afraid to ask someone if you can pray for them. And Here's the, the main thing to remember tonight. If you are going to testify with the spirit of truth, if you're going to speak spirit-empowered truth to, to those around you and persuade them back from the edge of the bridge, then talk about Jesus. Because that's what the spirit of truth does. Jesus is the truth. Testify about Jesus. Make it all about Jesus. When you share your faith, when you're part of this testifying, talk about Jesus. Apologetics, if you have to, yes. Church issues, if you have to, yes. But Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He is the truth. Nothing else is nearly as important as Jesus. When I, when I tell people I'm a pastor, often their follow-up question is, what do you actually do? What does that look like? And I try to tell them, try to follow that conversation through saying that my job is to help people understand and know Jesus better. I want them to know something from that little conversation about Jesus. You know, your mates, they might want to talk about creation and evolution. They might want to talk about same-sex marriage and the relationship between church and state. And I get that you, you can't just ignore these big questions that are on people's minds. But try to talk about Jesus. No one is going to be saved by understanding why you voted no or why Genesis 1 to 11 might be poetry, right? It's not going to happen. But they might if you talk about Jesus. They might if they get to know Jesus, who loves them so much he would die for them, to make them his and bring them home to God. A friend of mine became a Christian a couple of months ago. It was really special, really amazing to see the spirit of truth speak to her heart in lots of different ways, especially through the testifying of Christians that were in her life. As she started coming along to church, started reading the Bible with people in a small group, asking lots of questions. Ronnie and I tried, whenever we had the chance, to talk to her about Jesus. She loves the church community, and that's awesome. That's a way that the Spirit of Truth has been speaking to her about how good it is to be part of God's family. But, but we tried to help her see the reason why the church community is the way it is. It's because 
of Jesus. She loves how the Bible calls Christians to live lives of love and selflessness and generosity. Why, why do we do that? Why do we love? Because he first loved us. It's got to be Jesus. Jesus like a broken record. Jesus on repeat. When the spirit of truth testifies to the world, he testifies about Jesus. Sometimes people refuse to accept the truth, like me in a thunderstorm. And it's a tragedy. But sometimes... Sometimes they hear the truth and they believe. They climb back over the railing and they're saved into new life now and forever. And that's, that's a wonderful thing and a privilege for us to be part of. Let me thank God for that privilege now. God, thank you that your spirit, your Holy Spirit speaks the truth of Jesus to the world. And thank you that he does it through us. You didn't have to do that. It would have been much easier ways, but you love us and you value us and you use us. God, we pray that as you testify to the truth of Jesus to the world, so those of us who are Christians would do the same. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you've got any questions about this podcast, connect with us on our website, stjohnsdc.org.au or at facebook.com slash stjohnsdc. Don't forget, you can join us live in Diamond Creek every Sunday at 9.30am and 6pm.